I have two scriptures to read tonight before we start to unlock the things that God has in mind for us. First Timothy chapter 4, the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to take my reading from verses 12 through 16. Paul the Apostle wrote a letter to his son in the ministry. And this is what he wrote. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in the in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit. In faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you or given to you by prophecy, with a laying on of the hands of the headership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take it to yourself and to the doctrine, continuing them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Second Timothy chapter 1. I'm reading from verse 3. Second Timothy chapter 1 from verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. It's my forefather's deed. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you. Be mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwell in your grandmother Louise and your grandmother Eunice. And I am persuaded is in you also. Verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. But the Lord bless the reading of this word in our hearts. The kingdom is unique in the fact that every king in the kingdom is blessed with divine endowment. One of the quick discoveries that I made is the fact that 
Almost everything that we have in the kingdom, we have no ownership of them. We were given. How many of us remembered even our salvation was a gift from God? You're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself, that anyone should boast. It is a gift of God. The Bible speaks of the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is a promise of the Father. The Bible speaks of the gifts of the Spirit. The kingdom provides us as God's people with divine endowment. There is no single person in this place tonight that is void of a divine endowment. No. Even within each of us is the most powerful tool unknown to mankind. The tool that God has given to us has the capacity to change the course of history. What is this tool that I'm talking about? I'm talking about God-given gift. The reason we have not reached our best yet is many of the times we have not been able to unnest the gift that God has given to us. Most of the time, the things that we see are basically the manifestation of the original gift that God has given to us. Let me quickly say this. A gift from God is a manifold, has a manifold manifestation. Every gift from God. And Paul the Apostle will not hold back. He's speaking to his prodigy in the ministry. A man who had learned so much from him and said, listen, let no man despise your youth. Don't fight them. But there is something that I, I know that you possess. That in itself is the tool that you need. Don't contend with any man, but let him not despise your youth. There is something that you have been given. There is a divine gifting of God in your life. Find it to flame. Paul was very emphatic in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, stir up the gift of God. I love the word stir. It's from the word anazopureo, which means rekindle it. Give it a chance to breathe. Give it a chance to prosper. There is a gift of God in your life. Give it an opportunity to grow. Give it an opportunity to impact others. Give it an opportunity to lift itself and become a blessing to others. Stir up the gift of God. Let it not lie dormant within you. Paul raised a very big question in this passage. Meaning that 
It is very, very critical. This man was a leader. He was a true leader. I'm talking about Timothy. Yet, Paul had to write to him, the Bible said, and I'm writing to remind you to stir up the gift of God. That sets a different tone in this passage. That means it's easy for us to forget that lying within each of us is the gift that God has given that can turn our world around. This is first part of this message. This is the title of my message today is Staring Up the Gift of God that is in you. Staring Up the Gift of God. The scripture declares in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 16. It says, The gift of a man will make room for him and bring him. Before great men, the gift of a man will make room for him. That scripture is not saying that we're empty. It's saying there is a gift in us. Truly we have been endowed by God, but we have a responsibility Despite the fact that God has given us the gift, and Paul opened our eyes, enlightening the church to see that we have a responsibility in spite of the fact that God has given us the gift, he says, stir it up. I want us to look at somebody here tonight and say, stir it up. Stir it up. Another version of the Bible says, for this reason, I remind you to find to flame. The gift of God. I remind you to do what? To fan to flame. Fanning involves a little bit of effort. You have to blow it in the direction that it will glow and become effective. And the reason why Paul the Apostle raised this question began to admonish Timothy. It's because this is not something you learn from people. You don't learn a gift. A gift is a gift. It is something that we need to discover. And no one else can activate the gift of God in your life for you. You have to do it yourself. We stir up the gift of God in our lives by developing, refining, enhancing, and utilizing what God has given to us. This is why tonight is very critical because what we're doing tonight, we're beginning tonight, is to educate each other on the divine giftings of God in our lives. If we use the gift of God in our lives, we'll prosper through it. What I see today most of the time is that we mimic other people. We try to see what they do. We want to do exactly what they do. And you know the problem? We were all created original. 
when you try to mimic people, you're going to be a counterfeit. You will never be the best in what God has not called you to be. Never be the best. On the other side of the divide are people who are jealous of other people. They're jealous of other people's gift. When we are jealous of other people's gift, we are wasting our time. Because the best you can ever be is the best of yourself, of what God has made you to be. This is my conclusion. Jealousy is a gift robber. Because jealousy makes you to see what others have, but never allows you to see what you possess. Jealousy is an energy drain. Jealousy will take the passion of our lives away from us. Why we need to be busy, engage ourselves, preoccupy ourselves, discovering, stirring up, developing, enhancing the gift of God in our lives. A lot of people are busy taking a, a trip into other people's lives. There was a story about Louis Armstrong. Many of us know Armstrong. He used to be you know, very solid jazz artist. It was reported that this man applied to a music school. And they brought him for an audition. Many of us know that you have to go through an audition before you're taken in most schools. So he went for an audition. They gave him scales to sing. And, um, but he could only sing about two, maybe about two, first two notes properly. And they came to a conclusion, this man does not have what it takes to be a musician. The story had it that he cried, cried and cried and cried because it was so sad for him. It was a shame for him that with so much design in his heart, he went for this audition and he could not make it. Because he thought it wasn't good enough or it wasn't called to be that. But this man kept telling his friends, I know there is a music in me. I, I know there is something in me. And they can't keep it out. Without much to say, this man became a successful, beloved jazz musician the world has ever produced. One of the most outstanding jazz musicians that the world had ever produced. He sold more records and made more money than many people who were more talented than he was in singing. It is very critical to know that we are born to be original. God has not called us to be imitators. We can get inspired by others, but don't let us make a mistake. Of imitating others or trying to be like them. Essentially, Paul tonight was addressing this man of God. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. Give it a chance. Open it up. You know, I see that many times only heaven knows how much that God can accomplish if we allow him to walk through us 
and to allow what he has given to us to have a perfect manifestation. Only God knows what he will do through it. Many of our struggles are based on the fact that we have not discovered the real issue about what God has made of us. God never, made any, God never created any child into the kingdom without an endowment. Never. Can we turn our Bibles together this evening? I want us to begin to read. Like I told us, it's going to be more like series in series. So I'm going to take my time with this teaching tonight. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 29. Romans chapter 11 verse 29. The scripture declares... For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The gift, the calling of God are irrevocable. In other words, they are unchanging. God will not renege on his endowment or on his plan to allow his gift in your life to prosper. God will not reverse it. It's irrevocable. The gift, the calling of God in our lives. Let's take a look at the book of Proverbs again tonight. Chapter 17, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 8. Proverbs chapter 17. Verse 8. Can somebody read from a King James? Do we have a King James version of the Bible here? Hallelujah. A gift is a precious stone in the hand of him that has it. In the eyes of him that has it. A gift is a precious stone in the eyes of him that has it. Oh, goodness. Wherever it turns, it prospers. A gift, it's like a precious stone in the eyes of him that has it. A gift is like a precious stone in the eyes of him that has it. That's very critical for us to understand that gifts are precious. One of the quick discoveries that I made was the fact that when God gives us a gift, he gives us a seed. Please don't let us forget that. When, God's, when God gives us a gift, he does what? He gives us a seed. He sows the seed of his own gift in our lives. We have a responsibility to water the gift and the seed that he has given to us. As we ought, as we water and pay attention to the gift that God has given to us, it begins to blossom. That's why in the scriptures you're going to have what we call gift, which is one, or singular. 
When Paul was speaking to Timothy, don't forget in those two scriptures we read, 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6, it's the gift. Singular. God gave us a gift. As we begin to brood over the gift that God has given, as we begin to pay attention to the details of the gift that God has given, the gift will begin to blossom. I want to say this. It's like planting a tree. A tree begins with a seed. When you plant a seed, a seed goes into the ground and germinates and comes up as we water and give opportunity for the tree to grow. As the tree begins to grow, we pay attention to it. As we begin to nurture that tree, it begins to have branches, it begins to have fruits. This is the same way. That in every believer's life, God gives you a gift. But if we're diligent, if we're responsible, if we're, if, if we're patient with God, and if we're deliberate and discover what God has given to us and we begin to find it, it begins to grow in its horizon. It begins to grow in the sphere of its influence. It begins to grow. That is why I mentioned there is a difference between a gift and gifts. When it grows and it becomes mature, it becomes gifts. It begins to manifest in different ways and in diverse manners. There are a few things considered in the scriptures to be gifts and I'm going to mention some of them tonight. One of the things I saw in the scripture when the Bible was talking about gift, the Bible calls our salvation and redemption a gift. Romans 6, 23. Number two, a gift is also considered to be a present. Something packaged and delivered to somebody. That's a gift. That's a present. Do we also know that Jesus was given to us as a gift from the Father? John chapter 4 verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. A gift could be a privilege, could be fortune, could be an opportunity. But most often than known, particularly in the New Testament, gift, particularly when it comes to the divine endowment, is from the root word charisma. Charisma means endowment. It means a miraculous faculty. It means a qualification. God gave us a charisma, a charisma by which we can impact and touch our generation in our respective ways. A gift could also be a sacrifice or an offering. That's also a gift. Those are different ways that we see gifts in the scriptures. Now let's see what Paul said to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. Paul the Apostle said, And our hope, for you is steadfast. 
Because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will be partakers of, this, of the consolation. I meant to read 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 7. No, no second. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 7. Read from verse 4. Let me read from verse 4 to 7. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of Jesus Christ. That you come short in no gift, in other words, don't fall short in the gift of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, he says, Do not neglect the gift that has been given to you through the laying on of hands. Do not neglect it. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Stare it up. Now, putting all these scriptures together, I want to come to a conclusion. It means, church, that we need to be very careful as we lead our lives on a daily basis, that there is something, a potential, a grace, a gift, an endowment from heaven that we can ignore, that we can neglect, that we can abandon, that it's so easy to get busy pursuing all the things, neglecting the very thing where God has prepared for us to become fruitful. There have been several people who paid attention to God's gift in their lives. And I'm going to take a look at some of them today. Do you we remember this young man called Joseph? Young man. At the age of 17, God revealed to him in a dream. She gave him a dream of his own future. And also of the future of his entire family. At the end of the day, this same gift that God gave to him, the ability to be able to see and interpret, became the very endowment that would take the man from the prison to the throne. The king had a dream he could not understand. Do we understand that God will orchestrate circumstances in life that will give an opportunity to, for the gift of God that he has given to you to manifest? Pay attention to the gift of God. Let it not lie down because a time is coming when God is going to challenge what is given to you. He's preparing you now at the time of silence for a day when what he has given to us will have an opportunity to thrive, to become fruitful, to become effective. We never know. <laughs> How will God hide a man's destiny in a gift? But he did. Don't forget that Joseph was a man of wisdom. Full of the Holy Spirit. So much so that the king said, there is no one as discreet. Like you in the land. And that is, you know, full of the spirit of the gods. So of course, the man didn't know God. But he just knew this man and another spirit that was different from everybody. 
beyond that. He had a gift from God. And that was where his future was lying. Let me give us another example. First Samuel chapter 16. They were looking for a qualification of a man to sing and to play for the mad king. The king was mad. I want us to read together First Samuel chapter 16. This is the qualification of the man they were looking for. In 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm reading verse 14 down. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man. Ever say amen. amen. Who is a skillful player on the harp? And it shall be that he will play with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servant, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. So that means there are some recipe for those who have who are depressed. Play music for them. They'll get well. I mean, I must have seen people who are, uh, you know, a little bit berserk and, you know, they're deranged. Bring them into a place where there is music. They tap their hands. They follow along because there's a spirit in man that responds to music. There's something in man. Then one of the servants answered and said in verse 18, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Who is what? Skillful in play. You know what I noticed? Many of us, God has endowed us with so much gift. But you know what we did? We trust the Holy Spirit and we let it lay down. The Holy Spirit will move in. Now, develop the gift of God in you. The Bible says it's a skillful player. Skillful player. Hallelujah. In other words, if God has privileged you to be on the keyboard, try to be the best. They were looking for the best man in the land to stand and play for the king. They found none except the son of Jesse, a young man, Rudy. They found him. They said, we have found him. No wonder. It, it, it's almost no surprise to me that God found David. Because he was a man who paid attention to what God has given to him. And we pay attention to what God has given to us. All of us are not called to do the same thing. But whatever God has called you to do, be the best in what he has called you to do. Whatever endowment God has given to you, be the best in what God has called you to be. Some of us have a heart for children. We just love kids. We just love to be around them. Don't be any other thing. The Lord who has given you the gift to love and to have a heart for children will begin to give you innovations on how to rescue children while they are young. To begin to provide necessary truths and resources that will be a blessing not only to this generation but to generations to come. We all remember people who came up with this, with this wonderful TV program they call it Sesame Street. Somebody thought about that. Somebody thought we could, we could affect the lives of children. And they've affected the lives of children in thousands of countries all over the world. Including third world countries. Why? Because somebody chose to develop what God has given to them. What has God given to you? And what are you doing about it? Be the best in what God has called you to do. Let 
Look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. I'm still reading verse 18. Who is skillful in playing? Let's listen to it. A mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. Ah, I love the last quality. And the Lord is with him. That's where to begin from. Number one, that's where to begin from. For us, I believe the reason why David had all of, all of those credentials and the resume that we saw was because God was with him. He loved God. He was a child of God. He, 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 he was an affectionate person before God. He, he, he would spend time in God's presence anyhow. We could, we could all understand that. That David was always singing and, and was always playing his harp even while he was treating the sheep in the, in the, you know, the sheep in the wilderness. David spent time with God. And this leads me to an issue tonight. That God gave this man a gift to lead. He was to lead, but you see, there were other tributaries of gifts in his life. But the first gift was the gift of a leader. He started to lead sheep. In leading sheep, you, he also had all the tributaries that were beginning to get developed. As he spent time with God, God began to make a man of war out of him. He saw the lion come and said, nah, you want to take one of my sheep? I would rather die than for you to take any of this. He fought the lion. So the bear coming. Bear, you want to take any of this? We'll see who wins today. I will fight you to the nail. Won the battle against, against the bear. And God said, he's a man of war. I love him. But don't forget where he came from. God has given me grace to lead. The Bible says, but the Lord is with him. And that leads me to something very critical. And I want everybody to listen to this. We can only develop in the things that God has given to us to the proportion of our presence, of our attention in his presence. You will never know what God has endowed you with until you spend sufficient time and precious time in his presence. The Lord is with him. That sounds like Emmanuel. The Lord is with us. That can also be interpreted the Lord was on his side. Because he was on the Lord's side. Today, one of the greatest places to discover the endowment of God in our life is spending time with him. Fellowship. The proportion to which the gifts of God in our lives would develop is to the proportion of the time that we spend in his presence. I'm not going to rush this. Because I want God to really illuminate our hearts. That what lies inside you, the word is waiting for it. I'm telling you, the word is waiting for a take. But we must grow. We must increase. We must develop what God has given to us. We cannot afford to be in obscurity anymore. It is time to seek the Lord. For him to bring the best out of our lives. As a matter of fact, God usually develops all of these gifts in our lives. Even in the times of trial. In the times of adversity in our lives. People have said that you will never get the best out of a good tea until you put it in an outward. It begins to bring the best out of him. God is saying, it is time. How did David develop it? David was thrown out. He was all by himself. Staying with the sheep. God began to work it out in him. 
God began to work it out in me. Began to work it out in me. God wants to work out the gift of God in your life. But we need to spend time with him. As we spend time with the Lord, he begins to open our eyes. He begins to open our eyes to see the hidden things that are hidden from the sight of men. But I hope unto him. The scripture tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his eye. All things are open and naked to the eyes of him to whom we have to do. Many of us have found ourselves, we heard this yesterday. We're paying attention. There are things we're doing, but you see, our future does not lie in any of those things. Our future lies in the things that God has given to us. Only God knows where we're going to be tomorrow. That's why I prayed that prayer. Today, Lord, we're praying, but we know that you're in charge of tomorrow. We are not, but you want us to pay attention to today because, listen, brethren, your today will affect your tomorrow. What you do with the gift of God in your life today will affect how the gift of God will also affect your own life tomorrow. God has given us a seed. Let's develop that seed. Let's develop the seed that God has given to us. I'm going to give us two reasons tonight. Things that we need to do. I'm going to continue from there by the grace of God in our next teaching. Two things that we need to do. We have, I have almost 10 to 15 things we need to do to find the flame of God. To find the gift of God in our lives to flame. I'm going to leave us with two. Number one. One of the ways to see the gift of God in our lives fruitful is to get busy. Everyone say get busy. Get busy. Many of us in the kingdom, we are indolent, we are lazy, we are like a dicica, we are complacent. We don't pay attention to the things of God the way we should. Let's get busy. Not get busy in doing everything. Get busy in developing the gift of God in our lives. How do we know? Many people have asked me, oh, I don't really know what God really wants to be, whether I should be this or I should be that. You know what I usually tell them? Start doing something. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. In other words, whatever is available today, do it as if that's all you got to do. I have noticed that as we begin to do things sometimes that are insignificant, some of those things may not even relate to what God originally intends for our lives. But you see, as you pay attention and begin to do those things, God will begin to reveal to you the very area, the very core areas of our lives that he wants us to participate in. Many years of my life as a person, you know, I've always been there as a help for many people. There is no place I haven't served before. I do anything. I do anything. I do anything. I just say, Lord, if this is what we need to do, we'll do it. Serve this, we'll serve it. I've seen, I've had testimonies of, of men, you know, of great class in the world. But you see, when they came into the kingdom, they know that God has called them for something unique and they wanted to fulfill it. I remember the story of a man that, you know, this is in the Netherlands. Uh, one of our friends went there, rich man, but nobody knew. It was an orchard. It was always at the door. In fact, they said that when they were collecting offering, it was always the key man who collects the offering and all that. But you see, the man, I don't want to mention his name, he owned one of the major hairlines in Ireland. But nobody knew it. It was very simple. It would just be at the door, welcome everybody in, particularly the first time I was the one that was always welcoming them. Come in, sit. With smile, young man, you know. Good looking, but 
knew what God has called him to do. They said that each, people, each, each Sunday as people coming, everybody kept wondering, who is this man that is all smile? And nobody knew. This man went, traveled to that church. He came from Africa. And when the, when the meeting was over, the pastor said, well, the pastor from Africa would like you to visit this brother. He said, when they got to the gate of his house, he said, no, it couldn't have been the usher that I saw in church. Mansion. Beautiful. It was said that every plane that flies every day, the man gives them a go-ahead to, he prays, he puts all the names of the plane above his bed and pray over them each day. If God says no for this, he tells them, don't move today. Let them change to another one. Move a man of the spirit. But you see, he's gifted to be a welcome person. To just work. Many people see that position as a direct derogative. It's not. It's one of the greatest places to be in the world. When God gives you a gift to welcome people. You make them comfortable. You make them feel alive. Some people are coming without hope. But when they see you, hope is written all over you. Smile is written all over you. Life is written all over you. Immediately they begin to have a rethink over their lives. Because of a man's gift. Hallelujah to Jesus. Number two. No gift from God comes perfectly developed. No gift from God does what? Comes Perfectly developed. There isn't. Every gift needs to be worked. Immediately you discover the gift of God and begin to work it out. Begin to spend time with it. Somebody has been called to be a singer. It's not going to happen by sitting there and saying, I'm just going to sing anything I like. No, you have to be able to begin to pay attention and sing and sing. The more you sing, the more you discover the range of your voice. If you don't go higher, the more you, you sing, you discover the more range for your voice. So God wants us to realize that what he has given to us is not perfectly developed yet. We need to begin to pay attention to it. We need to begin to find it to flame. We need to begin to think about it. We need to begin to see how God wants to work it out in our lives. I remember one of the things they used to do in Bible school. If people are coming that are gray horns, you know, into the Bible school, they, they ask you, well, you know, you're, you're taking a class tomorrow. You're going to teach everybody on certain topics. And I see people fidget. You know, students say, how am I going to talk to the crowd tomorrow? And you know, one of the things we used to tell people is when you get back home, go to the, your room and go to the wall and speak to the wall. Preach the wall to be born again. And come back to class and preach everybody to be born again. That's how to do it. The more you spend time with it, the better you become. May the Lord cause us as a people to see that there's a divine endowment in our lives. Let's stop being like others. Let's start to be ourselves. When men don't recognize you, don't seek the accolades or the applause of men. Don't bother about that. Seek the approval of God. Seek the presence of God. Pay attention to his word. Pay attention to his presence. Let him be your source of joy. As we do it, only God knows where the gift that he has given to us will take us. Only God knows. I have seen people searching for people. They're looking for only one person. Where is that man? We saw him somewhere because of the gift of God in his life. May the Lord help us. The kingdom is not for mediocres. The kingdom is not for mediocres. We must stop the mediocrity that's on rampage in our midst. God must help us. If God has given us gift, we must develop it. 
And this gift will be developed when we begin to desire something better. Don't let us miss the next teaching. This is where I'm going to round up and it's going to be really, really a lot. May the Lord bless us. Let's rise to pray tonight. I'm going to take this more. Hallelujah. I hope when we start the school of ministry, people are going to see this. We need to begin to teach this. We need to begin to see that nobody in the kingdom, nobody in our church is empty. All of them are endowed by God with a specific gift. Our job as leaders is to discover those gifts. If they can't discover for themselves, we'll discover for them. And begin to move them. Sometimes we push them. Force them to become what God has made them to be. Let's just lift our hands tonight and say, Lord, I thank you because of who you have made me to be. I'm not like any other person. I'm so unique in my own call. I'm uniquely endowed by you. I'm uniquely endowed. I have no reason. I have no reason to walk in insecurity. I have no reason. I'm not substandard in the kingdom. I'm made perfect. I'm made perfect. You have made me perfectly fit for my gift. Perfectly fit for my gift. Nothing is missing in my life. I'm perfectly made for my gift. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done in my life. Thank you for the gift of God that is without repentance. Thank you for the gift of God that are irrevocable. I give you glory and I honor your name today. I want all of us to leave this place excited tonight, knowing that we have been blessed by God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm endowed by God. There is a charisma in my life. I got a charisma from God. I got a gift from God. I got a gift from God. I got a gift from God. I'm not empty. I got a gift from God. I'm not empty. When men reject me, that does not nullify the grace and the help and the gift of God in my life. I may be rejected today, but if I don't quit, if I don't give up, the gift of God in my life will take its place. It will manifest. Yes, Lord, I believe that you've placed the best in me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want us to begin to pray, Lord, that you've made me an original. I will not die an imitator. I will not die an imitator. You made me to be original. Help me to fulfill and to maximize the gift that you have given to me. Let's pray. Some of us, if we have not discovered it, let's pray that the Lord will cause our eyes to be open. I told us, get busy. Do something for the kingdom. If it's evangelism, get involved in evangelism. Begin to do it. You never know how God begins to open our eyes to the things he has called us to be. Spirit of the living God, move in this place tonight. Let there be distribution of the, of the power. And let there be revelation of the gifts of God in the lives of Let them see, let them see, let them see. We, we receive illumination tonight. Illumination tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost. If we're here, if we're, if we're born again and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to begin to pray in this spirit tonight. I give. I just lease myself tonight. Let the gift of God begin to have its proper expression in my life. 
Let it find expression. Let me the gift of God in your life find expression. Le We're made original by God. We're not going to die a copy. No way. We're not copying nobody. We believe in what God has given to us. Le Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name, our Father. Give you glory tonight. Find it up, Lamb. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Let's pray in the Spirit. Let's stir up the gift of God. Find it to flame. Let's find it to flame. Our future is hidden in the gift that God has given to us. We'll find fulfillment in those gifts. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Father, tonight is just the beginning of what you've begun. We're beginning to see in this place we cannot wait for another day to begin to teach this. We want to teach it now. Because when each of us are here tonight, the nation is waiting for us. The nations are waiting. The world is waiting for a take. Lord Jesus, we receive divine expression tonight over everything that we have been endowed with. We cease to be a copy. We're born original. We will live original. We will die original. In all that God has called us to do. Every form of invitation that make, wants to make us a copy, we reject it tonight. Help us to discover what you have called us to be. Give us grace to get busy. Help us to know that nothing that comes from you to us as a gift is perfectly developed yet. David, develop his gift. Joseph, develop his gift. Help us to develop the gift that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord. We receive grace from you. Blessed be your name, Father, tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Let's clap our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah.